second, I love Raymond too. This is We Have Concerns. <laughs> Hi, Jeff Canada. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, a lot of us in the year of our Lord, 2020, have uh, have started looking into ways that we can help, ways that we can change things, mm. maybe even ways that we can just make our own lives a little bit better, or Can't our community is a little better. Yeah, right? Like, what can we do to help our community just a little bit? Yeah, And so a I lot like of it. us have been looking into time travel. Right, because... because- that really, honestly, if you want the most impact, the most bang for your buck, mm-hmm. it would be to time travel your ass out of here and maybe warn younger you, maybe warn all of us uh, about so many things. Yeah. I mean, look, even if you could just go back, if I could just go back to last year and be like, hey, man, they're going to offer you an eight month or a 12 month lease. Take the eighth month. <laughs> that's the that's the most pertinent information you'd give yourself. No, because listen, I'd be like, take the eight month. Trust well, because I don't want to scare myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. You got to tread lightly on yourself. You know, I'm a delicate flower of a man, Jeff. <laughs> and if I were to come back from the past, from the future, eye patch, robot arm, whatever, or just how I am now, bags under my eyes and just a total look of worry all the time uh-huh. if i were to go back into the past and try to tell myself about a global pandemic yeah oh that's that's a rough convo there's not there's nothing past me could do about that except you know be what? like i guess it's happening i guess it's coming <laughs> the problem is you walk into the room and you see yourself sitting there at the table two different leases on the table in front of you, head in hands, n- not knowing which lease to sign. They call it Schrodinger's lease. <laughs> and then you got to bring up a global pandemic. This poor sap is just trying to figure out which lease to sign. But listen, if I could do it, I'd be like, take the eight-month lease. It seems like it costs a little more, but it's going to save you money in the long run when you can run away from this country. <laughs> when yeah. you can get out at exactly the right time. Yeah, uh, and spend and spend the majority of 2020 somewhere else. You're yeah, gonna thank said. me. I would have said, don't sign either lease. Why don't you just uh, invest in some property in New Zealand? Yeah, that's really, that's really a, a a smart move at this point. There's gonna be a see point if, where they don't want you. <laughs> see if there are any open apartments in Hobbiton. You know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not only think, does it match sort of like my dream lifestyle a little bit, you know, that's a fantasy, right? Like, go live in the Hobbiton. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. But like, but also, I would have a much better 2020 right now. You know well, what I'm saying? How you, that's how you get, you know, the slightly younger you in on the on the plan. They think you're just like, I'm going to hang out in Hobbiton. What with my joy of uh, Tolkien-esque living. That's how you get them in. That's the hook, right? You don't even have to mention the pandemic. You just convince them that, hey, now's the time to finally live that Tolkien fantasy. Past me would never move to Hobbiton if I didn't know for sure that Hobbiton had Wi-Fi. <laughs> does it? I don't think it does. Does oh, it? Oh, fuck. They got to get anybody's, Wi-Fi. If anybody's been to Hobbiton out there. Uh, you got to get Wi-Fi. Come on. Trish, Trisha, Trish Hirschberger took her uh Yeah, her, her honeymoon. honeymoon. Yeah, I know. I saw I, the pictures. We should check. In, well, I'll check with her and see if Hobbiton has Wi-Fi, just in case this time listen, travel thing works out. Listen, I know Trisha loves Lord of the Rings more than most humans, but I also know she doesn't go to places without Wi-Fi, right? Mm-mm. I mean, no. come on. She's no. not going to waste her time in a place where she can't upload some sweet Instas, right? Right? Buddy, you, if I'm in Hobbiton and I can't gram it, what's the point? 
if I'm living that if I'm living that Middle Earth life and I can't gram it, you gotta gram you, it. You gotta gram it anyway. That's time what they travel. called him Gandalf the Gram. <laughs> Grammed off the gray. <laughs> That's better. You're right. That was better. That was better. <laughs> uh, if only we could go back in time and not make either of those jokes. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Time travel. Yeah. We're trying to do it. Of course, there are larger things we could do with time travel. But listen, I'm really in a self-preservative mode right now. Sure. We all are. You know, we all nothing are. Nothing to be ashamed it's, of. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I would say my family crest literally in Latin just says self-preservation is nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> And my yeah. family crest is my family crest is a weasel, and then uh, and then a close up of like Barney Rubble's feet from like an old cartoon, where or Sonic the Hedgehog, where it's just like an oval, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. and that's that's just the Carboni family crest. It's like, hey man, get the fuck out of there, save yourself. <laughs> so are we, are we working on? Are we doing this time travel thing? What's happening? We get a, we mean, got a flux capacitor happening. What's going on? Uh, Mark Nuffer sent this story in Nuffer. on the Discord. Thank you all, by the way. I've noticed a giant influx of people moving to the Discord since since I begged you last week. Since um, we told you just to leave Facebook entirely. Yeah, just leave Facebook entirely and just come to the Discord. And you all have, have really answered, and I appreciate that. Um, this is a story that he sent in. Old no nickname. Is, is enough for an old nickname? Nick, I'm actually loading up Amy Lefebvre's uh, brilliant spreadsheet right now. Is he... Uh, yeah. Nuffer's on deck. I saw Nuffer on deck. Oh, and then he got still on deck. Still <laughs> on deck? no nickname. We <laughs> never we gave him three, a nickname? We got three Nuffer, uh, Nuffer, uh, um. <laughs> so, but I never did it? I thought I gave him the nickname No Nickname. No, yeah, yeah. In episode 605, you got no, he got No Nickname. But yeah. in episode, uh, 571, on deck, 542, kind of on deck still. Uh, 527, kind of on deck, poor Mark. <laughs> Listen, I'm not, we're not here to litigate the past with vis-a-vis no nicknames nickname. I'm just saying his nickname is no nickname. And if you want, uh, was if you want a terrible, long. he was on deck because he wasn't ready, but okay. then he was ready and he got a nickname and that nickname is no nickname. All right. I'm, All right. And I'm glad Mark, it was no worth the weight. Nuffer. I'm glad it was worth the wait. And if you want a nickname, a, an equally great nickname, by the way, just send in stories. And as you send in stories, if you become one of our one of our precious gems, we will uh, we will definitely give you a nickname eventually, maybe. And it will be worth it, sort of, I guess. I love that Amy put in this many entries for Mark, all leading up to literally him being no nickname. <laughs> you've got to put the spread. You've got to put the spreadsheet in the in the show notes again. I will. Um, I will. So. We are not we are not yet working on time travel, Jeff. We're not, Why not practically working on time travel because time travel is still sort of like physicists put it in the in what this article calls the too hard basket. Mm. You know what I know about physicists? Yeah. They're fucking lazy. They're you know what I'm saying? Li- yes. Yes. If there's because, one thing I know about physicists, they're do nothing, sitting around all day talking telling me about why they can't you know what i'm saying tell me why they can't work on time travel it's because physics is basically mostly math Mm -hmm. and math as we all know is not a science and is bad (laughs) so it makes sense that 
a scientific discipline that is mostly based based on calculations Mm -hmm. is bad and they're bad people but listen the other thing we know about physicists is they basically keep all of their knowledge in different baskets they lay it they do don't do it basket yeah if you've ever watched like a dude perfect video on youtube that's how physicists operate that's what they do with their physics if i was a physicist and i didn't do shit like that all the time i don't know why i would be a physicist like it feels like a waste if you become a physicist and you're not like little man tating a perfect game of pool you know (laughs) yeah yeah donald and math magic landing you know that's the only thing that's the only reason to do it is to have that superpower and go i know the physics of this moment perfect yeah throw a ping pong ball bounces off of three walls and into a basket that's how they keep all their knowledge physicists different baskets yeah and time travel they tossed up bounced off of two walls into a toaster that went off at the right time Mm -hmm. and then into a basket that said too hard too hard and then they looked at the camera like a jim halpert (laughs) <laughs> and that's the only answer that they got yeah that's the only answer that the people asking about time travel got was like are you working on time travel and it went bing, bong, bong, too Alpert. hard too hard Halpert. yeah uh, we, need, a, we but, need the michael scott of physicists is what we need somebody yeah. who doesn't realize that it's too hard and even if they do they're too dumb to notice you know what i'm saying <laughs> get that person on this on this yeah, because that's what because that's what America needs more in the sciences, and particularly mm. right now in 2020, mm-hmm. is somebody who doesn't understand how hard it is and doesn't take it seriously enough and has no idea how bad they are at it. Ooh, Certainly, America. America. We need more of that in America right now. Yeah, he said from his apartment, which is now an isolation pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even though we are not practically working on time travel, we are. We are working on figuring out the problems around time travel, figuring out the questions of time travel, the, the-, the theory, the theoretical, the things right. that we're going to need to know before this even starts, right? Right, And right. one of the things that we are worried about with time travel is that, is that dang butterfly effect, Jeff. Oh, the butterfly effect. That's, uh, that's you know, if you select the eight-month lease now... Then there's a tsunami uh, in the Pacific, I think. Right. The air from my pen Mm -hmm. moving at a slightly different angle from signing the lease on the left instead of the right then causes a chain reaction of small physical reactions throughout the world until uh, eventually there is another another tidal wave in the Pacific. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and it does ruin most of Southeast Asia. So... That is that is the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect, of course, uh, comes from comes from classic science fiction. The uh, the story, A Sound of Thunder, Ray Bradbury, time traveler goes back into the past, steps on a butterfly, and uh, the entire future is changed. Right, and it's right. become a trope of sci fi. It's become a like, yeah, sure, maybe maybe you kill Hitler, but then you, it leads to you never being born and you fade out of existence. You know, and it's you yeah. know. Like, these sorts of things. What's going to happen if you go back and change time? Um, according to uh, according to Avengers Endgame, it, time either works like Back to the Future or not Back to the Future, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're worried about it working like Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, everything is a giant house of cards, and you move one tiny card in the house of cards, and potentially everything comes crumbling down. You can't, well, you can't just be 
selective on what you change because everything is interrelated and interconnected. Yeah, and it makes sense, right? Like, it makes sense. If you change what somebody does one day of their life, it could potentially change every other day going forward. And then, of course, that one person is going to ripple out to all the people they know. And, like, you know what I mean? Over a long period of time, things could change. So we want to know, is it true? Is it true? Is the butterfly effect true? Yeah. Can it happen? Was Ashton Kutcher right? When was he wrong? How has he ever been wrong wrong? ever? Same one time Ashton Kutcher's been wrong. Seriously, we would like you to know. He time traveled into the 70s every week for a half an hour on my television. You know? Was he wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, So... Quantum physics, though, this is, this is, here's the thing that's funny, is like, this is all set up in a world of classical physics, right? When the butterfly effect was, was first written, it was based on an understanding of, of classical physics and not quantum physics, right? In classical physics, obviously you change one thing, everything changes because it's all causal dominoes falling down along the path, right? Right, right. Quantum physics should be wild, yeah, stuff can exist in, in two forms at the same time. Uh, we got particles knows? going backwards in time. We got two particles linked across a galaxy. Yeah. You move one, the other moves. Cats in boxes. Lying Living together. together. <laughs> <laughs> Mass hysteria. Uh, so, how do we test this? Well, now, we've got quantum computers, baby. We got that IBM Q. Oh, Yeah. I saw the devs. I saw devs. I know we got quantum computers. We got quantum computers. We can now run quantum simulations. So what happened is uh, two scientists right here in the the United States at the Los Alamos National Laboratory, creators of Dr. Manhattan. Watchmen was was a documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They created their simulation in the IBM Q, and what they wanted to do was create a small quantum world. Uh, oh. They can't just simulate a, just an a entire... tiny world. We're just going to create a tiny world. It's, don't worry about tiny... it. It's so small. It's, it's such a small listen, universe let us, that we are let being us have God this. in. <laughs> let us have this. Let us be unto gods of this tiny, tiny world. Just so you small. have so much. We have so little. It's so small, this world. Let us enslave just these tiny people. Um, <laughs> no, so they um, they basically created, instead of like mo- trying to model a physical world, they modeled like a small quantum environment, small amounts of quantum particles that are interconnected uh, in the way that quantum particles are here in the larger universe. So they just made like a tiny, tiny cross section, right? Okay. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to see what happened if they ran the simulation, uh, all these particles, their positions, how they reacted, let, let this tiny universe work exactly as it wanted to for a certain amount of time. Then they rewound it and they fucked with one particle, right? Because this is just a, a universe of a few particles. How do and they you were like, rewind it? It's a simulation, right? It's a computer oh, simulation. It's a simulation. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Okay. So, yeah. so it's you basically just run it in reverse, take it back to one. But then in the beginning of the simulation, you just knock one particle, knock it out, destroy little, it, knock it little, out of place. The little quantum equivalent of a butterfly. 
Yeah. And then watch what happens. And what they found was everything kind of keeps going the way it was going to go already. So a tiny little variation doesn't upend the entire simulation. It just has a small effect. A butterfly has a butterfly-sized effect, basically. Exactly. If you're just a butterfly, you're just a butterfly. You step on a butterfly, it's like, whoops, we lose a butterfly. But what they found is, as you damage the states of entangled particles, as you knock away one particle, destroy it, the other particles that were entangled to it actually work harder to put themselves back into the states that they already were. (gasps) The universe wants to be the way it's that's why time travel is hard because the universe wants to fix it and not let you kill hitler the universe wants to not let you kill hitler the universe is not a back to the future it's not an avengers endgame it's a doctor who it's a final destination it's a final destination which is not about time travel but you get what we're saying yeah you know it's the it's the thing where you're like okay i'm gonna go kill hitler and then you trip down the stairs and you because hitler was downstairs and you tripped and then you didn't kill hitler or or you go to kill hitler and then you realize something about killing hitler that causes you not to kill hitler because the universe is trying to prevent you from killing hitler because hitler didn't die yeah or or you kill hitler and shit winds up pretty much the same. <gasps> Lil Hitler inherits because he was hiding <laughs> a little Hitler. There's a smaller Hitler waiting in the shadows to take over Big Hitler. Listen, forever they say that for every for every Hitler you see scurrying around your house when you turn on the lights, there are an additional fifty Hitlers living in the walls. Oh, I know that man. You can't just <laughs> you can't just kill a Hitler. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You got to wipe out the entire Hitler ecosphere. <laughs> you got to you got to put a Hitler in a car and drive it 2 miles away so it can't find its way home. <laughs> Listen. So what they're saying is the twitching the the twitching butterfly is meaningless in the quantum world and it may be meaningless on a larger scale because as we're learning more about how quantum entanglement works and how these different interconnected parts of our universe work, it may be just trying to move itself towards an equilibrium of some kind. Now, I find this a little a little balance weird in and force. interesting. It a needs balance, balance in, in the, the force. force. Now, I find this a little strange because, and this could just be my, my tiny pea brain, I understand why this works from uh, an atomic or chemical level, right? Because that's physics, that's chemistry that I understand. We know that, like, you know, even even in thermo even in thermodynamics, like pressures, heats, things are always trying to equalize themselves in terms of physical forces, right? But mm-hmm. that doesn't account for the actions of people. The way that I can't wrap my head around how this would apply to the actions of people or well, to the actions of living the, things. If you buy into the fact that we have free will. If, if you just go, oh, I guess we don't have free will. We're all working on a quantum level uh, that is invisible to us. Then it kind of makes sense. If you feel like we're, you're actually making choices as you go through your life and not acting in a way that the chemicals mm-hmm. in your brain indicate you should and giving you the illusion of choice, then, then yeah. But uh, I would maybe that's hate, not the case. I would hate for us to have come from a 
a world or a universe where we believed in predestination because of because of supernatural forces, right? And it's like, look, I was born king because I was destined to be king. You were born a peasant because you were destined to be a peasant. You have to live according to these rules because that's what it says. This is your destiny. Your lot in life can be no better than you thought. Uh, just act the way you're supposed to. I would hate to think that we went from that to to an enlightenment only to get back to now believing that quantum entanglements make us the same automatons. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think I think there's a there's if, a if, nuance if there's n- there. Is there? Because if I don't see, like, if I don't see proof that these quantum entanglements, everything from a particular level up to me is making every choice for me, and I feel like it's free will, like, what's the difference if it's physics controlling it or God controlling it? I would still rather like to have free will. I would like to have free will, too. I just don't know if we do. I mean, there's been a lot of studies that show that uh, your, your brain starts doing a thing before you have the thought to do the thing that your mm-hmm. your your body actually moves there's been measurements of you know a a movement happening before your before your brain fires to think that you're having that movement yeah. um and i don't know where i sit on the belief scale here but i do think there's certainly a possibility that there are chemical processes that appear to us as original thought that aren't original thought that are just arriving in our brain and we are observing them and thinking we're thinking them, but they are just the, the environment happening at us. You know, they are just the thing, but I don't think that necessarily means everything is predetermined and the Kings are Kings and the poppers are poppers. I think that, that we don't, the future is still invisible to us, right? We still don't know where the the stimuli that creates what we think we think is pushing us, right? We still don't know where, where we're headed. Not so, knowing is not the same as free will. Not knowing. Absolutely and, not. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but the, illu- the illusion of free will is still a pretty darn good illusion. Uh, I hate everything about this because it's ruining time travel and killing Hitler and free will. And I don't like it. And I don't like it. I also don't know if this, do you think this experiment proves what they say it proves? No, but I mean, simulation of the quantum. I don't know if I buy that. That is takes into account everything that the universe takes into account. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I guess even more than like floofy stuff, like free will and things like that. Um, if you if you um if you shove like let's say there's a Hitler that's going to a first date, okay? Mm-hmm. First date and Hitler. This, yep, gotcha. First date Hitler. I mean, and this Hitler's like, going he, to a first he, date. He's getting ready, he's combing his little tiny mustache. Yeah, he did he's, that uh, he did that real that real slick part and he combed it like a hundred times on each side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. He's he thinking like he puts a, on his, his best crispest swastika suit. Yeah. He's thinking about like a cool like natural way like to bring up the fact that he paints and he's written a book you know what i mean but not in a way that makes him look like he's shitty but just to uh-huh. like let her know that he's got depth and so like little hitler's on his way to his first date and you take little hitler and you throw him into a wood chipper yeah okay? yes you do yeah you do because he's still with, fucking hitler with no remorse at no all. remorse sorry john Byrne. sorry superman <laughs> like listen superman i'm with you on everything my guy but that was one thing where i was just like i don't know superman um so and that and that person was going to be this particular Hitler's wife and they were going to have children, right? Right. 
quantum or no quantum, you have destroyed a family line. Right. And, and on a large scale, the universe might, you know, it might be like, well, quantum-wise, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, my dude, generations and generations and generations of people over time turns into a lot of people, and you have right. removed them. Things right. will be different in some way. Like, I don't yeah. understand how this on a quantum level, I can understand where it's like, hey, if you go back in time and you fuck up some sort of like, um, you know, some sort of like a uh, uh, landmass of some kind, like chemical reactions and physics and things in the earth will still try to like equalize the minerals of the earth, try to equalize the atmosphere, all that stuff, right? Because right. it's a self-healing ecosystem, and that's the way it works. But, like, my dude, if you eliminate a family, you eliminate a family, and that's got to change something. Yeah, the whole presupposition of this entire argument is that the butterfly is an inconsequential change, right? Mm -hmm. Which, not to the butterfly. To Let you me tell you something. We hear it, we have concerns, we've said it a hundred times, and we'll keep saying it. Every butterfly is special. Every <laughs> That we is are the pro butterfly here. We are pro that is the tagline of this podcast. Always has been. Welcome to We Have Concerns. Every butterfly is special. Every and butterfly you're a is special, special butterfly to us. You. Unless you're a gymnast, and then, or a physicist, or a physicist. Yeah, there's a, a list of people that aren't special and or worthy of. There's not a single thing special about a gymnast. Other a than pro the, level gymnast, incredible mm. skill and natural grace and beauty. Other than that, yeah, nothing special about them. Take that away from them, they're like, duh, 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 yeah, duh. exactly. Take away their incredible training regimen, uh -huh. physical acumen, and uh, commitment, and and just grace and beauty in general. And then they're like, look at me, I'm a gymnast. Yeah, that's it. Good luck, buddy. That's all, that's all they've got. That's, that's all, all they've, they've got. got. Those that's things. all they've got. That's yeah. all they've got. Yeah, I don't know if I, uh, I... I certainly buy this on a quantum level, and it makes me feel good about, like, hey, if we ever do time travel, like, maybe we couldn't catastrophically destroy the universe, the fabric of the universe. I mean, we could. You and me. If we, we oh, could. If we work together, sure. Yeah. That's the power of friendship. <laughs> that's to be able to just irrevocably destroy... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we could do that. I'm saying if one person went back in time, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't yeah. irrevocably destroy the fabric of the universe. But if we went back and we really tried at it, yeah. we could. But most people couldn't because the universe is uh, is like a self-healing cutting board is what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> uh, but I don't think this applies to I don't see how this could possibly apply to humans or events. You know? I think we just need to keep working on time travel, and this is all basically a distraction and a waste of time from physicists who really are just using it as a way to be lazy again. Wake up, sheeple. Wake up, sheeple. Fucking physicists. Come on. Get Learn. off your physicist ass and work on the real problems. Listen, if you all, if you all head to patreon.com slash we have concerns right now, right now and join and jump into the Discord, I think if we all work together... We could solve this problem, and we could kill every Hitler. Lil Hitler, first date Hitler, school dance Hitler. 2020 wannabe Hitlers, all my, of them. My first Hitler, <laughs> farmer Hitler, all of them. All yeah. you have to do is head to patreon.com slash wehaveconcerns and give, just give us your money. Uh, just give us, give us your money. You don't have to give us all of your money. No, just most we would never take money. all of your money. We would no, never we take wouldn't. all of your money. Why would we want to do that? 
But you're a special butterfly whose most of your money should go to us. Really? Just a little little to most of your money should go to us. But (laughs) you should get to keep a little. And that's just predestination. We were destined to run a podcast that takes all your money. And you were destined to give us this money. There is no free will. Jeff Kanata said so and you trust him. He's a dad. I'm a, I'm, I might be your dad. You don't know. You, you don't know. And you won't know until you head to patreon.com and slash we have concerns. And the first thing you'll see when you give us your money is a little message that lets you know whether or not Jeff Kanata is actually your father. But you also get a bunch of other stuff. You get access to the Discord, which we already talked about. You get bonus episodes every week. Those little conversations that we have at the beginning of every episode, those are full-on extra discussions and we give them to the patrons. You get the uh, you get extra episodes when we yeah, have we, guests on. We just had Dr. Kiki Sanford on last week. Uh, she actually knows stuff and uh, was saying really smart things. Yeah, and, uh, that's, prob- that's why we'll probably of that. We'll probably never have her back because she knows a lot of things and she was smart. Uh, and we yeah. try not to do that because science is a feeling. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of bonus stuff you can get. And also, it is the only way we keep the show running. And here in the year of our Lord 2020, it is also a, a, a pretty a pretty sizable and valuable chunk of income for us. So Indeed. if you have anything from a, from a buck on up and you're enjoying the show, head to patreon.com slash we have concerns and help us out. Please, please do. Hey, Anthony, I want to talk to you about teens. Love to talk about teens. Yeah, what are they doing now? Are they skateboarding? Are they fucking? Are they are they spray painting? Are they doing the renegade? What are they doing? What they are? I tell you what they are. They're a handful. Oh, the teens are a handful. You, you're telling me, my little, my little Roderick and Tammy. They are. Listen, they're the love. They're the love of my life. But I'll tell you what, I can't get them to listen to anything for for the life of me. You know what it is. We talk about the teens all the time. We are, the teens love us here at We Have Concerns. Uh, we are We're big, honorary our, teens. We are honorary teens. We've been named honorary teens by the official <laughs> teens of the world, and uh, they're one of our they're one of our key demos. The teens, yeah. Um, but we you know we give them the what for also because teens they're a handful. They're, they're and, a handful, and, we, we, and they appreciate it when you keep it real. That's what they love most is how that's real that we keep it. That's the you thing. Know? Uh, and the thing about the teens is uh, they got a lot going on. You know, their, their prefrontal cortex not completely formed yet. You know, that's the uh, the decision making, the logical thinking area of the brain. Still we in development. Love still we working love hard. Em. Oh, we love them. We love them. God love bless them, but they're squish brains. Every single one of them. That's right. Uh, and the uh, hypothalamus. You know, that is uh, also firing like mad, the teens. It's, uh, I always it's a tell Roderick, I'm like, when your hypothalamus is fully functional, you're going to regret the way you treated me and your mother. That's right. But does, does little Roderick believe you? Probably he's, not. He's not so little. He's as big as me now. Well, oh my God. It's been a while since I've seen him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, may I never have children. Uh, go the, on. <laughs> the hypothalamus, of course, uh, producing estrogen and testosterone changing changing a child into an adult making the child focus on social rather than familial relationships getting all moody and impulsive all the things that we know about Mm. teens and And one out of every thousand times turns them into a werewolf look it up that's just science so we know that about teens but anthony what if i was to tell you what if i was to surprise you to shock you 
and tell you that teens is dogs. <laughs> or Whoa. dogs is teens. Dogs is teens now, too. It turns out there is a new study uh, that says that dogs have a teenage rebellious phase just like humans. They absolutely do. Now, I don't really have a teenager, but I do have a perfect prince whose name is Dagger Cannonball Thunderfang, and he is 12 years old now, but I know ex- they, he, right around the time that he was like, I want to say like two or three years old, he got a little wild on me. <laughs> He's yeah. a perfect prince, but he got a little wild on me. Well, it turns out this study set to, was, uh, was set to find out exactly... What age a dog hits puberty? Well, we kind of know when a dog hits puberty, but does that result in the same kind of teen angst, bad decision-making, rebellion that humans have? And the findings of the study were a yup. Turns out they do. Okay, so what, what did they do? They took 70 dogs starting from two to three months old up until 12 to 14 months old, and they had their... Owners fill out questionnaires about the dog's behavior, uh, attachment, attention seeking, separation related behavior, all of these, a very, very detailed questionnaire about how the dog behaves. And they used all kinds of, uh, they had them rate them in all these categories. They tried to rule out anxiety as a driver for insecure attachment um, by measuring general anxiety in the dogs beforehand. Mm hmm. So they had, what does the owner think of how their dog behaves? And then the second part of the study focused on how well the dogs obeyed their caretaker's orders. So dog obedience responses were observed at five months, which is before puberty, at eight months, which is during dog puberty, and after eight months, okay? And they were, they were judged in how responsive they were when their caretaker caretakers yelled sit and it turned out that at eight months eight months is the most difficult time to train a dog the most difficult time to own a dog and basically equates to dog teenagerhood yeah can i tell you something about my about my perfect prince at eight months now see here's the thing i thought Eight months, he was still puppy. I was still training him, right? Yeah. I didn't know that there was there was a disobedience, but I will say that like right around eight months, he did start like he would pee on a foot. <laughs> yeah. He would pee on a foot, and he would he would chew stuff like classic mad. teen behavior. Classic That's like teen how behavior. Teens are. My little Roderick, I'll tell you what. <laughs> He comes home sometimes with these with these with these letters. I get these calls from the high school. Mm-hmm. And it's just, Roderick has to stop pissing on his chemistry teacher. <laughs> yeah. Has to. Yeah. And I, or and I keep saying. chewing a shoe. Chewing a classmate's shoe. It all happens Chewing a classmate's shoe. Uh, you know, dry humping his friends. Like, Roderick <laughs> has to stop doing these things. And I keep saying, listen to me. Roderick is, Roderick is a very special boy. And yeah. he, he learns in a very specific way. If you know how to reach him, yeah. I, he's absolutely brilliant. I just think these teachers aren't doing it. It's just if teens he, being teens. He never is that pees, what that he, is? Yeah, he, it's just, he never pees on my foot at home. 
It only happens at school. So I'm wondering what they're doing that's making my son pee on feet. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I don't know. I don't, that's not my Roderick. I don't know him to be like that. No, that's not the Roderick I know either. Yeah. And I, so, and I, and I don't even know Roderick. I, it's as if he doesn't exist. I know, but, you, but, you, but it sounds right when I say it. It does sound it? right. It does yeah. sound right. So, so the, I don't know. The, the idea here is that the dogs were markedly better at being trained at five months before puberty and after puberty, post eight months. They were markedly better at being trained, more responsive, uh, listened to their owners better. Yeah. And during that, that puberty period, during the eighth month period, they were uh, rebellious. They would not listen, uh, but they also checked between um, being with a their owner and being with a trainer. So this is kind of like our school analogy. And it turns out the trainers had an easier time with the dogs than their owners. So yeah, it had more to do with how the how the it was like you're not my dad. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, it was more like it's more like I'm not listening to you, dad. But yes. like other but other adults are cool. Like shut up, dad. You're so lame. But then like if another adult says something, it's like oh yeah, totally. I'm cool right. an adult. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cool, cool adult yeah. too. I can I can listen to what what that person says because they respect me. Unlike my dad. I'm like my dad who sucks. Yeah. So maybe if you stopped sucking, dad. And it's like, well, maybe if I did, but I'm not going to. They said there was a 36% increase in insecure attachment for dogs undergoing puberty compared to before and after puberty. Oh, uh, yeah. That's separation-related behavior. So this is like dogs freaking out that, you know, they're, you're not yeah, around. Yeah, crying and howling when you're not around, getting exactly. nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Can the correlation was not seen when the owners rated the dog at five or 12 months. Wow. And huh. the, it says that researchers suggest that the behavior seen in eight month old dogs reflect the teenage parent conflicts commonly seen in puberty. However, dog owner disobedience was more noticeable when dogs didn't have a strong relationship with their owners. So the better your relation, it's just like real teens. If you have a great relationship with your kid, they don't act out. In, in such a uh, strong way is w when dog owners connected with their teen dog and really like sat down on their, like if they turned the chair backwards and yes. sat, you know how that you can straddle yeah. the chair with, you know, and then like put their hat on backwards yeah. also and like Just really real got talk. down. Yeah. Got down Just on the dog's level and, and really leveled with them. And they were like, Hey man, you know, I'm not telling you to sit. I'm asking you to sit. Yeah. You know? I think and then yeah, the dog is and like, this is this is a relationship of mutual respect. You know, I want to treat you like an adult, but yeah. you got to treat me like an adult. Yeah, you got to. I'm sit. not saying I'm not saying you're a really bad boy for peeing on on my leg. I would never. I'm just saying that, like you know, as as your owner, I feel like maybe we can get to a place where peeing on my leg isn't something you choose to do. You know. Do you think that type of parenting works? I mean, I no. guess you'll find out. I guess I'll find out. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a good parent. I certainly don't know if I'm going to be a good parent of a teen. I have no idea. It should have so gotten hard. a dog first. Should have gotten a dog first. If I had known about this whole puberty thing, yeah. I still wouldn't want to get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. Like, I, I love this because, yeah, it's, it's cool to check this out because dogs are 
social animals, kind of like yeah. us. And so it's it's interesting to see how these behaviors, you know, I'd love to see something like this in in like, if it transfers to like other kind of intelligent mammals too, like like your gorillas and your dolphins and your monkeys and things like that. Oh, I bet a I bet a dolphin has mad puberty. You know what oh, I'm saying? Dude. I bet oh, a dolphin dude. gets real angsty. Oh, no. dolphin just dolphins with like dark eyeliner. It's like the opposite oh. of a Lisa Frank binder. <laughs> it's the inverse. It's the exact opposite of a Lisa Frank binder. It's just this sad fucking dolphin in a flannel. Yeah. Smoking cloves. Totally. Listen screaming, to the cure. Just screaming. <laughs> yeah. And Which, then the like, poor like poor dolphin dad and mom are like, you know, just want to read the paper when it gets home to its dolphin home and and they're just like and they're just <laughs> listening to this dolphin playing music real loud Ugh. it sounds like the echo of the dolphin soundtrack it's just like new age shit that they play in like a hallmark <laughs> store but it's like real loud and the parents yeah. are like knocking they're like knocking on the door with their tail with their dorsal fins and they're yeah. like <laughs> Like, I don't. I'm not saying you have to turn it off. Just turn it the, down. Just turn it down. Dolphin on the inside is like, <laughs> you don't understand me. <laughs> Writing dolphin poetry and shit. Oh man, I dolphin but, poetry. Can I tell you? I hate. I hate that other animals have to go through the angst of puberty. I was such a miserable teen, and I just like. I hate that, and all animals have to do that. I was hoping. I was hoping that was sort of uniquely uniquely human and cerebral in some way. We were yeah. just so complicated and the hormones were so weird that it made us, you know, kind of the same way where like complex viruses can't get a dog sick. Maybe right. like we, I was hoping maybe we had such a complex mix of hormones and chemicals and stimuli and stuff that that caused like angst. I don't want any animal to have angst. You I know? don't either. I, you're right. I had a, awful awful teenage angst period but i guess the good news here is that like everything with a dog it's accelerated right they say eight, eight months and it only lasts a couple of months rather than i feel like mine was years you know 14 to 16 was like awful yeah i would say for me it was it was right around 14 to 30 <laughs> 30 yeah. 33 yeah, yeah, I was just real. Yeah, I, I was just real angsty true. up until then, uh, <laughs> and I'm only mildly angsty now. So yeah, you're it's really a big win. It. Yeah, it's a big win for for chemistry. Any day now, my squishy hypothalamus is going to harden up. Yeah, you'll get that uh, prefrontal cortex working on uh, good decision making eventually. Let me tell right? you something. Imagine me, but with executive functioning. How exciting! <laughs> wow, Can you I, I can't imagine that. That's uh, extraordinary. <laughs> um. So do they do they say like other than the curiosity about whether this happens? Do they say what they were looking for or why they were looking for it? Well, I think the idea is to kind of help dog owners, and you don't Aww. feel like uh, you know your dog is untrainable at a certain age, or being you know you have to punish the dog at eight months because they don't sit when you tell it to. It's like it's built into its behavior. It's built into its psyche to want to rebel against you and do do something at a specific age and hopefully that'll you know help people be more humane to their dogs i don't know that sounds yeah that sounds, sounds good worthwhile yeah i like that i like that uh thank you for those stories for everybody who sent them in remember that you can send in stories too you can either send them to we have concern show at gmail.com you can support uh you can submit them on the subreddit 
We have concerns.reddit.com. You can put them in the Discord. We have a whole channel just for talking science. Baby, wow. I love the Discord. It's the Discord great. is fantastic. It, there's fantastic people there. You can be there too. It only takes a dollar a month to get access to our Discord. And uh, we like it that way. We like it to be a selective group of folks that all feel like it's valuable to them. And I think that's... It really makes it a valuable place to be because people actually put value into it. And we encourage you to to join that community. There's lots of other things, of course, we talked about that becoming a patron gets you. We're trying to give you value for putting value in us. That's right. So if you want to check that out and help us support the show, that's patreon.com slash we have concerns. We do have a Facebook group, but everybody, please, I love you. And I love that the Facebook group is thriving I want the Facebook group to live its best life, except I need Facebook to not be the evil conglomerate corporation that it is, and I need it to disappear. So if you could all move over to either subreddit or the Discord, that'd be super great for me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. (laughs) Bye. We love you.